Good morning. morning. It's good to be in the house of God, and I hope and pray that you're just as excited to be at this place of worship, to honor God, to adore Him, and to just acknowledge Him as the head of your life, and most importantly, just to honor Him in these songs and praises as we render this worship unto Him to let Him know how grateful and appreciative you really are. Realizing and knowing that It's only God who sustains us. Not anything that you do of yourself. You may get up day to day, go work on a job and all of this, but let's be honest about it. Who gives you, first of all, who wakes you up? It it is God who wakes you up. It is God who gives you the health and strength to go to that job. It is God who sustains you throughout the course of that day on that job. It is God who makes it all possible for all things and that's why we should just be glad to come out to the house of God on the first day of the week and participate in this worship service because God is worthy he's deserving to be honest he's so much deserving of so much more but God only asks for what he has asked for and we should do our diligence to give him all that we have the greatest commandment given is to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. So what God simply requires is he wants all of us. He don't want just a part of us. He don't want just uh, an aspect of us. He wants all of us. He wants our mind. He wants our soul. He wants everything about us. Because you know what? God can do some mighty, mighty wonderful things with us if we just deny ourselves and lift him up. Amen? Amen. You know, Wednesday night we had a very good Bible study talking about great men of the Bible and pointing out some men of the Bible and the uh, qualities that they had about themselves in serving God. But one in particular, you know, we talked about, and I said I was going to go back and revisit some more, was was Daniel. Daniel. He was not going to change his worship and who he worshiped just because of the threat of losing his life. Daniel in the lion's den is a supreme example of willing to die for something that he believed believed in. Even with the threat of being cast into the fiery furnace, he didn't blink an eye, but obeyed God rather than disobey God by giving worship to a God that he knew did not exist. Daniel was a man who had a made up mind. And we, we talked on this Wednesday night, having a made up mind. Having a made up mind. You know, when I was growing up, I was always told, you could do anything you want to do. Just put your mind to it. And you know what? That's still true today. You could be a better Christian than what you are if you put your mind to it. You could be more faithful in attendance. You could develop and become a a great Bible school teacher. Some can even grow up, young men, you can grow up and become great preachers. Ladies, you can become great uh, teachers for the younger women if you put your mind to it. But see, the problem with us is is simply this. We don't have a desire to put our mind to it. 
we from time to time treat God like we used to do our dog growing up. And guess what? We would finish eating dinner and whatever scraps were left after eating dinner, that's what the dogs ate. It didn't matter how you mixed it up or what. You didn't say, well, I'm going to put the meat over here and, and the leftover vegetables. over." You just mixed it up in a pot and threw it out there to them. And you know what? They ate. God is more deserving Amen. than scraps. Amen. God deserves more than scraps. But it's sad to say many of us, we live a life. That's what we offer to God. And God has made available all types of resources for us to become better than what we are. Over in Romans chapter 12, the scripture text that was read into your hearing beginning at verse 1. Paul said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Listen to verse number 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now let's park at verse number two. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You can become far greater than what you are in the service of the kingdom and serving God and being a Christian by the renewing of your mind. Everything begins with the mind. And Paul pleads here. He puts out a plea to say, don't be conformed to this world. Don't allow the world to fashion and shape you. We're supposed to be different. We're called out. We're set apart. You think about how Peter put it. We are a royal a royal priesthood, a chosen generation of God. We don't blend in. We stand out. And Paul says, don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, how do you renew your mind, preacher? You renew your mind by going to the word of God and studying it, meditating on it, and allowing it to be the head and the lead focus in your life. Not just on Sunday, not just on Wednesday, not just on Monday. Every day, all day. The word of God is what God has given unto us to set us apart, to cause us to be different. That is the renewing process of how we don't allow the world to fashion us, but we stand out and allow the world to see us in a different perspective and people should have a desire and interest to want to be like us. Remember growing up, all you heard and saw on TV commercials, everybody wanted to be like who? Mike. Why? Why did everybody want to be like Mike? Because Mike could hoop. Mike could ball, right? Even though people knew in their mind they would never be like Mike, they still sung the song and they still went out and practiced and played and everything. But it was just something in them that said, I just want to be like Mike. They couldn't play like him, so they decided to buy his shoes. 
and they still didn't play any better. But you know what? That's how the world can fashion you. And it can fashion you into thinking the wrong things. And when you start thinking the wrong things, you're going to go the wrong places. You're going to go in the wrong directions. You're going to associate with the wrong people. Paul put it like this when he wrote to the, the, the Christians at Corinth. He said, come ye out from among them. Amen. Why is it so important for you to come out from among the, the old folks who reject Christ, who refuse to become members of the church of Christ, who don't want to hear what you have to say about the one body? Why is it important for you to come ye out from among them? Because they will pull you away. I tell you what, ask anybody in here or around here who's married to a non-Christian and don't come to worship. Ask them how easy it is. Ask them how exciting it is on Sundays when that husband or that wife raised more hell about them coming to worship than anything else. But see, here's the thing. Come ye out from among them. We don't, we don't even hardly preach our young folks anymore about mixing with non-Christians. It just seems like we've just given up, thrown up our hands, and we say, well, they're just going to go out there and do what they want to do anyway. Well, you know what? They might just do that. But that is no excuse for us to stop preaching and teaching. And i tell you one thing. When they've heard it all their life, that they shouldn't go out there and mix and mingle with the darkness of this world, and they go on and do it anyway... Oh, they remember it the rest of their life. Amen. Oh, they remember it the rest of their lives. But just because they're hard-headed and turn a deaf ear, that is no excuse for us to stop preaching and teaching it. Yeah. Don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And it doesn't stop there. It said that you know that ye may prove what is that good, acceptable and perfect will of God. Daniel had it figured out. Daniel had it figured out to the T. You know what? There's only one God. There's only one true God. And Daniel said, that's the one true God I'm going to serve. All these other gods they're talking about, all the other things they're talking about doing. Daniel said, I, I, I ain't got nothing to do with that. And so what did the world present? What did the king? Look, man, we'll kill you. We'll kill me. Man, we'll do this to you. We'll like you. We'll do what you got to do. Daniel refused to back down on the simple fact he knew who the one true God was. And he knew that Jehovah God was not one who shared his glory. Do we understand that? Do we really understand that? Many of us don't. Let's be honest. Because if we really understood that God is not in the business of sharing his glory, we would be committed to his church. When things arise, we would say, I can't do that. Because you know what? On Sunday, I'm supposed to be worshiping. On Sunday, I'm supposed to be involved in this and doing this for the kingdom. We wouldn't let, we would not allow every little thing that pops up, especially people who don't care about your God. We would not allow them to distract us. 
You know, sometimes we sit here in service and people's phones go off. you got cousins and friends or neighbors calling you while you're sitting here in worship. Letting you know they don't respect your God, don't respect how you feel about your God. Now, what do you think is going to happen down the road if you continue to mix and mingle with people like that? They're going to pull you away. How can you say you're honoring God when you allow every little thing to distract you and pull you away? Paul said, don't be conformed to this world. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. I believe in Matthew 4 and 4, Jesus said, man should not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeded from the mouth of God. Amen. Why is that so critical? Because everything God has left for us, commanded us, instructed us to do, we're going to see it again. We're going to see it again. John 12, 48. We're going to see it again. Did you do it? Either you did it or you didn't. That you may prove what is that good. An acceptable and perfect will of God. Not what you feel is okay. Not what you feel is acceptable. But it said that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So in other words, we got to go back to the Bible. We got to look at what the Bible requires of us to do. Not based upon what I think or what I feel is okay. Because we have a tendency as people, we start judging ourselves comparing to other people. Well, I look at so-and-so, they're not as zealous as I am. They don't come as regular as I do, so I, I can't be too bad. Well, both of you are going to hell. That's really what it boils down to. If you're going to look at somebody who's slowful, slack, don't care, and you're going to measure yourself against them, and you think to yourself, not according to the will of God, but to yourself, oh, that's acceptable. There's room in hell for both of you. You don't measure yourself in comparison to other people. You measure yourself in accordance to the word of God. And let's be honest, folks. If we truthfully measured ourselves in accordance with the word of God, don't we all have work to do? Amen. Isn't there room for all of us to grow? Why aren't we? Huh? Think about it. Why don't you have more young men with a desire to want to serve in the church, to become preachers, to want to become deacons and elders? And why don't we have more women who are supportive of their husbands being elders and deacons and preachers and everything? Because you know what? We're not looking in the right place. The church is not a priority in many Christians' lives. It's really true. It's, it's not a priority. Yeah, I go there on Sunday. But you know what? I'm trying, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get my house the way I want it. I'm trying to get some other things out here the way I want them. I'm trying to get my money flow right and all of this. But you know what? Ask them about the church. Well, man, what, where, is, where is salvation? It's in the church, right? Huh? 
What is, what is Jesus coming back for? Huh? Your house, right? Right? Coming back for your house. No, he's coming back for the church. Well, wouldn't it make sense to have your act together and have yourself together and have proven that the church was important to you in your life? How do you know when something is really important to somebody? Because they will invest in it. Amen. An athlete who's trying to achieve to get to elite status, they work out day, afternoon, evening, night. They live and breathe and they just work out, work out, work out. They don't just rise to elite status by eating Cheerios. They work out. Am I right or wrong? Then one day, if, 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 if it's so to be, guess what? People recognize. They look at that talent. They say, wow. This guy is something else. Where the same principle should apply to Christians. I'm not saying you can work your way into heaven, but there are some works you need to do. The Bible said, blessed are the dead that die in the Lord. And their works shall follow them, right? There are some things that are going to follow you if you've done anything to invest in going to heaven. If you don't have any works to prove or to show, guess what? How can you go to heaven bankrupt? Am I making sense to you? God has provided resources for all of us to be greater and better than what we are. How often do we take advantage of it? Why don't we take advantage of it? You said, I'm a Christian. Well, to be like Christ, man, you, you, you're, you're saying a whole mouthful of something. You better be careful. You might be lying. To be a Christian, you must demonstrate the characteristics of Christ. Behavior, everything. You are a disciple. You are imitating Christ. But even Christ, when he left heaven, came to be born of a woman. And as he was born, guess what? He grew. He grew. He developed. He grew. Right? Amen. So should we. But what, what do we do to perfect this development. Because it says. What is that good and acceptable. And perfect will of God. What are we doing to strive for that perfection. What are we doing. What are we doing in our daily lives. That we can stand out among other people. And people can sincerely know. We're serious about being a Christian. We don't, we don't laugh and giggle about dirty stuff. We abstain from the appearance of evil. Right? We love our enemies. I didn't say it, it was easy to do, but guess what? The Bible said do it. We do good on the people who despitefully use us. Oh, I'm not preaching that it's easy, but you know what? It really can become easy. 
It just depends on you making up your mind. So this morning, I just want you to consider. We looked at Daniel, and Daniel was a man who had his mind made up. And whatever his God required of him, it was a, it was a priority in his life for him to serve God. Even if it meant death. I believe Daniel had it figured out that, you know what? If the worst thing you can put before me is to kill me, you know what? I believe my God can, he can either raise me up or I'm just going to be with him and be in a better place anyway. How do we feel about dying? Why is it the Bible speaks so much about dying and that's the one subject we don't like to talk about? Isn't that amazing? God's people don't like to talk about dying. And you know why and I know why. Because we're not investing into our heavenly citizenship. We're we're, we're counting on the fact where God is just so full of grace. Grace is going to get me in. You know what? No, it's not. It's going to get the ones in who have tried. Is going to get the ones in who have denied themselves. Is going to get the ones in who have truly made an effort. But you just can't live any kind of way you want to live in this life and do what you want to do. And then just say, grace is going to get me in. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? The answer was, God forbid. Because when I become a Christian, I should no longer become, I should no longer be the servant of sin. So my appetite for sin should decrease all the time. I shouldn't still be doing the same sinful stuff I was doing five years ago. Even one year ago. So you telling me the, the word of God, the spirit of God can't work and change my life? Well, why would the Bible say in Romans 12 and 2, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind? Evidently, there's something that can occur if I go about it the right way. Yeah. So wouldn't it be great If all of us had that courage of Daniel. They threw Daniel in the lion's den. But God saw to protect him. And Daniel came out of the lion's den. We fear mostly in our everyday living. We just fear what people might say. Man, they talked about Jesus and he never did anybody wrong. How can you expect to live in this world among wicked, dog-minded, unnatural thinking people? How do you expect to live among such wickedness in this world and you don't think somebody's going to say something bad about you? You go out and do good, folks, oh, they think they something. Well, you don't do anything. They lazy. 
So wouldn't it just make sense to fear God and serve God and do what's right and just allow him to know, hey, I love you and I'm serving you because in the end, it's you I'm going to stand before. Folks, we need more Daniels. We need more Daniels in the church. We need people to take the, the seriousness of developing and becoming more spiritual minded in the church like you do pursuing all these other degrees in, the, in your life. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, I'm so tired and I'm so wild and this and that. Then next thing you know, well, I've enrolled in school. Well, how much time do you study the Bible? You don't. Or you'll open it up when you get in the bed, dead tired or dog tired. Read maybe three verses and all the lines run together. And how is that strengthening your faith? Really, it boils down making up your mind. And believe it or not, folks, you and I have to make up our mind whether or not we're going to heaven. You and I have to make that decision. You can't just say, well, if the Lord wants me into heaven, he's going to save me. No, no, no. It's, it's up to us. The Bible said make your calling and election sure. So it's something incumbent upon us to do and for us to commit to and to make a decision. Do I want to go to heaven or I know the opposite or the alternative? I'm going to hell. Do you want to go to heaven this morning? What preparations are you taking? What investing are you making? How much time do you set aside to study God's word? How much time do you set aside in promoting the kingdom and serving in the kingdom? Well, if you're not doing anything, how are you going to get there? Elite athletes worked out. Other great people who, who, who rose in their profession and who are highly regarded, this and that. They didn't just wake up like that. And you're not just going to wake up one day in heaven. Amen? So be encouraged. Consider your ways. The Bible says, renew your mind. Renew your mind. Stop being afraid of what people might say because you cut them off. And you decide, I'm going to invest more time and come into Bible study or, or studying more or even signing up. We have correspondent courses, you know, that you can even sign up for. Just because you're in the church don't mean you don't need to study. But our jobs will say, well, you know, there's, there's this training you, you need to take to help qualify you for this position or this and that. What do you do? Come on, be honest. What do you do? You take the training, don't you? Because you want that position, right? You want to go to heaven? You better take the training. You better take the training because you're never going to know what God expects of you if you don't study his word. Amen. 
you live your life talking about, well, I think this is God's will or I think this is what God will have me. God ain't left anything for us to be unsure about. Everything is black and white, folks. There's no gray area when it comes to serving God. So no Christian, no one shouldn't be walking around talking about, oh, I think this is what God would have me to do. People used to go around talking about, well, God, God gave me this husband or gave me this wife. God didn't give you nobody. You picked that person. Especially when people lie when they go outside of the church. Why would God teach and tell you don't be unequally yoked and then you're going to lie on God and say God gave me this person. Don't, don't get offended because I said that but that's the truth. God brought us together. God ain't never brought light and darkness together. Matter of fact Paul asked in, in, in the writing what does, what does light have to do with darkness? Light and cockroaches don't even go together. You don't believe me? Go turn the light on in the middle of the night. You ain't never hear the light switch and turn the light on and the roaches just stand there and say, hey, what's up, what's up, what's up? They scatter. The only way you're going to really know what God's will is, you've got to study. That's why the Bible says, study to show thyself what? Approved unto who? Unto God that ye may what? That you may prove a workman that needed not be a saint. Guess what? You don't have to guess. So stop sitting around guessing and stop sitting around knowing what you need to do. Stop thinking about it and do something about it. You're going to die one day. As I close, you're going to die one day. And I tell you, I think about dying more now than I've ever in my life. And it ain't because of Corona. I just think about dying all the time because you know what? It's appointed on the man. I'm driving down the road sometimes. I said, man, I could just die right now. I don't know where this car going to end up. I don't know who it might hit. I don't know what. And it won't even be my concern. Before I lay down at night, I said, Lord, if it's your will to take me tonight, you know what? Forgive me and remember me. I'm not paranoid about it. I'm just simply real about it. Where is that? We don't know, do we? Do it. We don't know, do we? Well, if you don't know where death is, how can you be so sure how much time you got? Huh? Well, I just, I just, I just feel. Feel, you know what? On the day of judgment, you're going to find out feeling's going to send a lot of folks to hell. Feeling's got the rich man in trouble. And that's a warning unto us. Stop feeling and start studying so that you might know. That you might prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. You can't serve God 
and you don't know his word. And the word of God said, not only under the New Testament teaching, but it goes on to say things that were written aforetime were written for our learning. We, we need to even go all the way back to the Old Testament and see how God dealt with people. See how God dealt with situations and circumstances to prove that, man, God is just. He's righteous. He will do what he said he would do. And there's no excuse not to trust him. From the old to the new. So, folks, consider being a Daniel. Consider being like Christ. Consider your ways. We're all going to die one day. And it doesn't matter whether it was cardiac arrest or kidney failure or, or hypertension or whatever. See, we always get all caught up in stuff that don't mean nothing. But what did they die of? They died of an appointment. Hebrew 9.27, that's what they died from. Because if they died, it was time for them to go. The thing we need to be concerned about, are you ready? The Bible said, be ye ready. Well, if there's nothing to be ready for, why would we be told to be ready? We're told to be ready because, see, there's more to dying than just going to heaven. There's a hell. And if you're not prepared, that's where you'll go. So you've got to be prepared to go to heaven. That's why I said, be ye ready. Just can't live the way you want to. And then say, God's grace is going to do the rest. Don't work that way. That's all I have this morning. And I hope something was said to prick your heart, cause you to think about the time that you are investing every day and how much time you spend wasting on things that really don't matter. Spend hours and hours on social media. Spend hours and hours just doing stuff that don't amount to a hill of beans. And when we could be studying we could be serving in the kingdom. We could be encouraging one another. We could be working to develop, to become stronger Christians in this world. Don't be distracted. Because in the end, your hashtag, your Instagram, and none of this other stuff is going to matter. The only thing that's going to matter in the end, did you fear God? And keep his commandments. Because Ecclesiastes 12, the preacher said, that's the conclusion of the whole matter. To fear God and keep his commandment because that's the whole duty of man. Amen? So think about it. Write it out. Look at what you spend your time on every day. Some of us got a social media addiction. You need to put that social media down. Some of us got addictions doing other stuff. You know what? You need to stop and consider what you're doing. Shouldn't have to be struck down sick, laying in a bed. Then all of a sudden you want to call on God and you talk about how faithful you, you would be. 
or you would have been. Do it while you're healthy. Do it while you got the strength. Do it while you're up and mobile. Don't wait until you're half dead and then want to tell war stories. Serve God now while you can. If you're here today and you haven't obeyed the gospel, that's God's purpose for us to live, to be saved and to serve him. If you haven't obeyed the gospel, this would be the great day to begin a new walk in life. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When you hear it, you need to obey it. You need to confess Christ. You need to repent of your sins. You need to be baptized for the remission of your sins. And you need to live faithful unto death. For us who are members, you need to consider how much of God's time have I been wasting? What am I doing with God's time? Will I be able to get into heaven based upon the way I've been living? You know. If there's a need for some corrections in your life today. Get it corrected and, move, and leave here today better than you arrived. With a better mindset of saying that, not only just saying I'm going to serve God better, I'm going to serve him better. Do it. What's our song, Foster? Page 559. 559 is our invitation song. 559. And folks, we need some Daniels. We need some people with some made-up minds who's going to stop allowing the worldly distractions to uh, interfere with our worship, with our service, with our service to God. The church should be a number one priority in our lives. If some way, somehow it stopped being, you need to recommit and you need to make it a priority again. Let us together stand and let us sing. This